Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter from wherever you are. We're so glad that you're with us today. Uh, shout out to our Convo Church friends and family. Uh, in Northern Nevada, the United States, and beyond, wherever you're tuning in today. Also, a special shout out, if you are new today, if this is one of the first times that you are tuning in to Convo Church Online, we are so glad that you're taking the time to be with us today. We believe that what we're going to get into here in just a minute is going to be something that hopefully is going to be greatly inspirational to your life, and I know that it has direct application even for the season that we find ourselves in right now during this crazy COVID-19 stuff. But today is uh, today's the Super Bowl for the church world. Today's the day that we celebrate really the most powerful day that defines Christianity around the entire world. And that's the fact that we are worshiping a living Savior. God is alive. He's not dead. He's not a myth. He's not a thought, a spirit, a vibe. He is alive, and that's what we celebrate today on this beautiful Easter Sunday in 2020. And, uh, and I, I, was thinking back, I was thinking back the other day, and I wonder for you how many memories you have growing up on Easter Sunday, because I know that Easter, even for people that don't consider themselves to be Jesus followers, uh, celebrate Easter. They do fun things with their kids, and that's fantastic. We love that. I was thinking back myself uh, to when I was much younger, and I remember this one particular Easter. I was actually asking my mom about this to see if she remembered. But I remember I was young, maybe five or six years old. I remember wearing what seemed like a white suit, which I don't know if it was white, but this is how I'm remembering it. It was definitely a light colored suit. I was dressed up nice for Easter Sunday. And I, I have kids now, so now I know that it's a mistake to take a child of that age to put something on them that clean and that glorious. But we went to church. I remember having a great time. And after church was over, we went outside. I think there was some after party. But for whatever reason, I remember explicitly seeing a beautiful pile of dirt that needed to be climbed on. And that's what I did. Hence to say, my beautiful, glorious, light-colored suit was no longer light-colored or glorious or beautiful. I remember my mom not being very happy about it. And rightly so. I asked her about it, and she had no recollection of this event at all. And now being a parent, I understand that those are moments that cause trauma that you don't ever want to remember. But I have had many beautiful memories of Easter growing up as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult, uh, now as a parent, having uh, being able to have beautiful traditions with my kids as well. And even as a pastor, just seeing the way that the resurrection power of Jesus works for people, no matter who they are and no matter where they're from. Um, I, I believe right now, even though that this particular Easter is not, uh, it's not what we thought it would be going into the year. This particular Easter is, is different from what many churches and many people were planning on celebrating, but it doesn't change what we're celebrating. And I can't help but think that where we are right now in our world, this possibly in the year 2020, may be the most accurate Easter that we've ever celebrated when it comes to comparing it to the very first Resurrection Sunday. Because we have a lot in common with what was happening then. When Jesus died, circumstances were bleak. 
It was tense. Uh, death dominated the conversation. Fear dominated people's minds at that particular time. Uh, defeat was in the eyes of many people during that time. And I think right now, when we see what's happening on news, when we see what's happening around us, and for some of you that are watching, maybe you've already been personally impacted yourself with the virus that's going around. Maybe you know somebody who has been. Maybe you know someone who's, who's unfortunately lost their life during this time. And so some of these circumstances are actually pretty similar to what was going on this very first Easter when Jesus had died, everybody thought everything was over, but then he turned everything upside down and resurrected from the dead. What we can take from that very first Easter is that the, the circumstances that created fear in death were the exact same circumstances that produced resurrection and power. And so I want you to take this thought away from today as we kind of lean into scripture a little bit more. But hear this, there is no resurrection power without death. I know we all wanna live a life where everything works out great and there's, there's no death, there's no, there's no heartache, there's no problem, there's no brokenness. But the reality is, is that we see time and time again that God uses the difficult moments of history to bring love and to bring power and to bring miracles into the mix. There is no resurrection power without death. If you're taking notes during the message portion today, and we encourage you to do so. At Convo Church, we're always trying to speak not just to a religious day, not just, not just to a holiday or to your Sunday, but we're hoping that what we talk about today and what you're listening to right now will speak to every single day of your week, whether that's a Monday through Saturday or whenever it is that you are even participating with us. We think it's gonna to speak to your life. So take notes and just write down either, you can write down what I say, or sometimes you can write down just what pops into your mind, something that sticks out to you. Just write it in your notes, and then during the week you have the time to go back and go back over what you wrote and, and think about it, meditate on it, and pray about it. But here's the title of the message today, Resurrection Power in Me. Actually, even right now, turn to somebody that you're sitting with, a family member, or if you're watching this by yourself, just repeat it out loud, resurrection power in me. Everything about God revolves around relationship. At Combo Church, we say that all the time. Uh, what God is and what he's doing has nothing to do with religion. It's, it's all about relationship. God desires a relationship with you. But everything he does is about relationship, and it's all founded on supernatural power. The life of Jesus, even before his resurrection, was about supernatural power that was demonstrated through his love and his grace for people. Forgiving sinners, tax collectors, these were some of the characters that Jesus interacted with in his days. Prostitutes, ignorant religious people, anyone really. It took supernatural power for Jesus to be able to interact with him the way that he did. Healing blind eyes, crippled legs, sick people, raising the dead, all supernatural power. Dealing with hard-hearted and stubborn followers, I've been guilty of that, and dealing even with people who were haters, it all took supernatural love and grace to deal with that. But listen, everything that Jesus did in supernatural power had purpose. Jesus doesn't do things on accident. Jesus doesn't waste moments. But the, pow the, purpose, of, uh, the purpose was to demonstrate his power. The purpose was to demonstrate his love 
and his grace. And all those things took the supernatural power of God. But we have to realize that the love and the grace of God is more powerful than anything else that we will, that we will see in life. There's nothing that's going to be able to overcome the love of God. There's nothing that can overcome the grace of God. There's a lot of power in that because there is a lot of things that we do face in life. But let me give you this one scripture. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, it talks about how being religious is about acting like you're godly, but you're actually denying the very power that will make you godly. We need power. The cool thing is, is that power was already in Jesus, but Jesus had to take the power and make it available to us. And the only way that that was going to be possible is for salvation to be made available to all people and to all humanity. And the only way that that was going to be possible was for a permanent and a perfect sacrifice to be made that would completely cover the sin and the brokenness of all humanity, that would defeat the limitations of humanity and the enemy of humanity. At that time, honestly, Jesus was the only one who actually had the power to defeat Satan, to defeat sin, death, the grave, and to defeat hell. No one else had the ability to do that. And only Jesus could be that perfect and permanent sacrifice that would defeat the devil and the powers of darkness and bring life-giving supernatural power into the lives of those who call on his name. And that comes from his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. But listen, all of this is only possible if we have a resurrected Christ. And that's the very thing that we celebrate today on this Easter in 2020 from our homes because that's what we get to do. But you know what? It doesn't diminish the beauty and the power of God. Just because we can't gather together in these moments right now doesn't mean that the power that exists in the resurrection of Christ is diminished at all. It's at, is as strong, if not even stronger now than it's ever been because right now we're living in a season where we can't necessarily rely on each other to be together. We have to even more so rely on the power of our resurrected Jesus. Let me slap some Bible on this real quick just to paint the picture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to read verse starting at verse 12, and this is from the New Living Translation. And it says, Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you and me are still guilty of our sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Verse 22, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Man, that's great news. That's something to be excited about. But everything hinges 
on what we today celebrate. And that's the resurrection of Christ, this Easter Sunday, where we know that Christ conquered the grave, conquered hell and death, and rose from the dead. We got to understand that Christianity is not a belief system like the religions of the world who believe in a person who lived and died, and now we're on our own to do our best to live right, to follow all the rules, to, to do everything just perfect. No, Christ is God. He lived and he died to defeat sin, death, hell, and the grave. And he resurrected to bring new life through the very power of his spirit that now lives in those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus won the ultimate battle, because he rose from the dead, he is still our loving and living God and our Savior. And you can live, and I want you to believe this, you, yes you, not somebody else, because I know sometimes when we think about what's possible or we hear people talk about what's possible, uh, being a Jesus follower, sometimes we think that we're, we're not at an equal level with everybody else. Now, that's for super spiritual people, or that's for those who lived a better life than I have. No, I'm disqualified. No, you're not disqualified. The resurrection power of God is just as available for you as it is for any person on the face of the planet. Now, let me connect the resurrection power of Christ to the resurrection power that's available for you real quick. In Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, it says this in the Passion, the, the passion Translation. Listen to this. Uh, but when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives His life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Do you hear that? You are fully accepted by God. Doesn't matter what last night looked like. Doesn't matter what the, the dark parts of your life have looked like. God sees it, he knows it, yet he still chooses to fully accept you with his love and with his grace. Verse 11 it says, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. It says it in, in the New Living Translation in verse 11. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now, that's something to hang on to. That's something to, to really meditate on. That's something to embrace. The fact that you and I, jacked up, messed up, imperfect people, simply by putting our faith in the real, resurrected, living Jesus Christ, received the exact same resurrection power in our life that brought Jesus back to life. Man, that's something that is powerful. But I love the, how, I love how God is all-inclusive with humanity. Sometimes you can read scripture or hear pastors talking about stuff, and, and of how God relates to, to Jesus' followers or to those who believe. And you're like, well, I'm not, sure. I'm not sure I believe that yet. I'm not sure that that's for me. I guess I must be, again, disqualified from this conversation. But the reality is that's not the case. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he, took, he did away with everything that would keep us away from having a relationship with God. For every single person, for all humanity. So it's no longer up to us to live a good life to attract God's attention. It's up to us to respond to the grace and the love of God so that God can continue to walk into our life and accept us as we are 
and help transform us into the person that he created you and I to be. Man, it's so powerful and it's absolutely for everyone. But we have to remember that there has to be death in our life in order for us to experience God's resurrection power. I'm not talking about physical death. No, you don't have to physically die and physically be resurrected to live in God's resurrection power. That's what Jesus already did. You don't have to do that. But there are things in our lives that do need to, that do need to die, that they do need to go by the wayside. There are things in us, mindsets, habits, um, addictions, and whatever it may be. We're going to go through a couple of them. But there are things inside of us that are sitting in a place where God desires to be. Whether it's in your heart, whether it's in your mindset, whether it's in your spirit, whether it's in your, your, your daily habits, there are things that God desires to have a place in us that is currently uh, inhabited by things that are not the things that honor God. And so I want to give you a few of those. And, and on your own, I encourage you, pray into this. Think about this. You need to meditate on this because there will be things that God, um, that God illuminates in your own life that he lets you know that the Holy Spirit of God lets you know, hey, these things have to go. These things are holding you back. These habits are holding you back. These mindsets, these idols that are in your life are holding you back from living the life that God created you to live. And you can identify those. You can ask for people to, to help you with that and pray with you. You can ask God to help you with those moments. But I want to break down a couple of, of, these, of these things that need to die that actually came out of some of the events that happened right after Jesus rose back from the dead and, and came alive again. The first thing that has to die is unbelief. That's number one. Unbelief has to die. Now, there's this, this great account uh, at the end of the, the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24. I'm going to read a few verses to you. But this, these are some of the events that happened directly after the resurrection of Christ. Starting in verse 1 in New Living Translation, it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. But they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? That's a powerful statement right there. They went on to say, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Jesus had literally had to appear in the flesh to the disciples, the guys that were the closest to him, who he had told directly, hey, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to die, but it's okay. On the third day, I will rise again. And they still didn't believe. But Jesus appeared to them directly. And that's how they began to believe because they remembered what Jesus had told them. Even Thomas, one of the disciples, he missed the first, he wasn't present the first time that Jesus showed up. Where sometimes that tells you, like, don't, don't get out of the environments where you know God is going to show up because sometimes you might miss something. Make sure you're leaning into the moments where people are gathering, whether in person or gathering in the same spirit around what God is doing. 
Because sometimes when we lean into those moments, we'll get something, but then we get distracted and we miss the moments where God's showing up. Thomas missed a moment where Jesus showed up in the flesh. And even when he came back and he saw the disciples and they're like, Thomas, he's alive, just like he said. Thomas's famous words, I will have to put my fingers in the holes in his hands and his feet. I will put my hand in his side and only then will I believe that he is truly Jesus. Well, Jesus did it again because almost as soon as he said that, Jesus shows up. You know what? Thomas didn't have to put his hands. He, he knew Jesus when he saw him and he repented for his disbelief. It's interesting, but the, 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 the first women who believed, they believed without even seeing him. Wholehearted belief in a resurrected Christ unlocks the power of resurrection inside of you. What inside of you are you struggling with when it comes to belief? We can't continue to waffle back and forth in our faith with Christ based on the circumstances that we encounter in our life. And, and by our circumstances, we determine whether we believe in Christ or whether we don't believe in Christ. These, that's what these individuals struggle with. This was real life unbelief. This was a real life struggle. And Jesus appeared to them. And just like the women who went and saw him, we by faith can continue to believe in the resurrected Christ. And by faith, we are unlocked, unlocking that resurrection power inside of us. Here's another one. Number two, here's what has to die inside of us. Fear has to die. Fear has to be gone. After the death of Christ, all the followers, before Jesus appeared to them, before the women went to the tomb, all the followers of Christ were afraid. They were hiding. They were in seclusion. For different reasons, they were afraid they were going to get arrested by the Jewish leaders. They were afraid that the, that the Romans were going to come after them as well as they did with Jesus. But they were full of fear and they were hiding. Some people say that fear is the opposite of faith, but the reality is, is that fear takes faith also. The difference is with fear is that you're putting your faith in the circumstances that surround you. Where when you put your faith in Christ, it trumps the circumstances because there's this beautiful unrelenting trust that regardless of what's going on around you in your world and in your life, that Christ is going to be faithful, that God is there, that his power is greater than what you are facing in your own life. But fear has to die. Fear doesn't have to diminish. Sometimes we just try to bring fear down a little bit. No, we don't want to control fear. We want to get rid of fear. We want to replace it completely. Fear needs to die. Fear needs to go and be replaced with faith in who God is in a resurrected Savior. You know, what's interesting is that, uh, and, and I speak in, even in my own experience, I mean, there have been plenty of circumstances in my own life that have crippled me in, in those moments, crippled me with fear, crippled me with disbelief. But I was, I'm always brought back either by the grace of God or by people who are speaking into me in those moments to remind me of the reality of who Jesus is and how great he is and how faithful he is. If the circumstances of death couldn't stop the power in Christ, then why do we give in to fear when the circumstances come against us? Right now around our world, we are literally surrounded by negative and fearful circumstances. But I want to encourage you today on this special Easter in 2020, where we're all from home right now, we're still, uh, we're staying safe, we're staying home, uh, we're, we're staying in seclusion. Don't let fear get in there. Don't give fear a foothold in your mind. Don't give fear a foothold in your house and in your family. Take authority over the fear by the authority that Jesus has given you 
And that same resurrection power that is alive inside of you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, gives you power over fear when fear tries to come against you. Fear's got to go. Number three, disappointment has to go. This is kind of a big one. Disappointment always comes when our expectations are not met. If you were to continue to read in Luke chapter 24, there's this one beautiful account of two particular disciples who were going on the road to a village called Emmaus. And literally it says Jesus showed up with them, just appeared with them as they were walking. He even disguised himself so that they wouldn't recognize who he was. And they were, as they talked, they were just basically talking about how disappointed, hey, this guy, Jesus, and man, we, we thought he was going to be the Messiah. We thought that he was going to conquer the Romans. And we thought that, that he was going to become, uh, you know, restore Israel as a great nation. And, and, and all, these, all these expectations that they had, but they weren't the same things that Jesus was about. How often do we put Jesus in a box and we limit him from being in our life, who he's supposed to be in our life, because we have an expectation that Jesus is going to do something that he's not even about. Disappointment has to die in our life because it's time for us to put our expectations not on what we want God to do for us, but on surrendering our life to God and saying, God, do with my life what you created me to do. Do with my life what you love in me. Do with my life what you see fit. And I'm telling you, the plans that God has for your life, the Bible says they're perfect, they're pleasing, they're, they're enjoyable, they're the plans that are going to give you fulfillment. And I'm telling you, God's never going to lead you down a road of disappointment. doesn't mean we won't deal with human emotions of disappointment. But if we continue to allow the resurrection power of Christ to be alive inside of us, it will trump disappointment. When our expectations are in letting Jesus be who he is through our life, Man, disappointment's going to go, and faith is going to fill it. Resurrection power is going to fill our life. And lastly, right here, going back to how things used to be, that has to die. At the end of the book of John, in the Gospel of John, John's account of all the events that were happening around the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ, there's one point. This was even after Jesus had already reappeared to the disciples. They knew that Jesus was alive yet they were still struggling with some human emotions. And that's okay. Don't think that you're not allowed to. Don't think that you're not allowed to struggle with real thoughts and real struggles and real emotions. But even after they saw Jesus alive and resurrected, there was one point when the disciples were together. And many of the disciples, they used to be fishermen in a, as a profession before they began to follow Jesus. And at one point at the end of the book of John, uh, the disciple Peter, he looks at a couple of the disciples like, hey man, let's, let's just go back to fishing. Let's just go fish. Let's go back and do what we used to do. We don't, man, everything's different now. I don't know what's ahead of us. Let's just go back and do what we're used to doing. But here's the thing. When we give our lives to Christ and invite his life to fill our life, there's no going back to the former life. And it's not because it's not, it's not, a, it's not because that's not what Jesus is trying to, to limit us He's not trying to limit our life. He's not trying to say there aren't things in life that are great. No, but when we say yes to a life in Jesus, when we say yes to the resurrected Lord and Savior, he floods our life with purpose. The Bible actually tells us that we don't have a fixed old life. The old life is gone and a brand new life being born again has begun. There's this one old hymn that I love and one of the lines from it, it says, I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back. 
no turning back. We deny the resurrection power in our lives when we recognize Christ, but we return to how life used to be. Last week, if you remember, uh, my wife, Pastor Kara, and myself, we, we talked about how one of the things that we hope never goes back to normal is just this mentality of, hey, let's be comfortable, let's be complacent, I can't wait until this is all over, we'll just go back to the way things used to be. There are so many beautiful things that are happening right now in our world, even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty and confusion. There are so many amazing things that we're seeing God do in people's lives, in nations, in His church, in His people. And I pray that we never go back to what those things used to be. We need to now more than ever, embrace the resurrection power of Christ and say yes to where he is taking us and stop trying to tell Jesus to come back with us to go back to where the way things used to be. As a matter of fact, as they were out fishing, it says that Jesus saw them and yelled out to them <clears throat> and they had kind of a flashback moment back to when he was first calling them to be his disciples. And he yelled out to them, asked how they were doing, how's the fishing going? And then he told them to throw their nets on the other side of the boat and, let, and they would catch a big catch. And I think Jesus did that because he was helping them kind of remember that first moment that they had with him. They realized that it was Jesus. It actually says that Peter jumped out of the boat to swim back to get to Jesus. And when they got back, he already had fish. He was already cooking. And he began to gather his disciples around him and encourage them. And actually, instead of, instead of encouraging them to go back to what they knew, he filled them with courage to go forward in doing what God had called them to do. He commissioned them to go spread the message that we celebrate today, the message that Jesus is alive and that resurrection power is available for all who believe. We can't continue to, to look back among what is dead to find what is alive. Your life, your purpose, your destiny, it needs life. And not just any life, your life needs to be filled with the resurrection power of Jesus. And again, this is not something that's for spiritually elite. It's for all people. It's for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to give you that opportunity today as well in just a moment. But depending on where you are in your journey with Christ, my challenge to you today on this 2020 Easter is to no longer live in what is dead, but to pursue the life that is filled with the resurrection power of our Savior who conquered everything he would ever face so that we wouldn't have to. Guess what? You don't have to conquer sin. Jesus already did. You don't have to conquer death. Jesus already did. You don't have to conquer temptation. You don't have to conquer sickness. Jesus conquered all of those things. All you need to do is decide in your heart that you are going to live in resurrection power, that you are going to allow the life of Jesus to live through you. That's what Christianity really is. It's not living for God. It's allowing the life of Jesus to continue to live through you. And when we live in this resurrection power that we have by faith in Jesus, then we live in the reality of what Jesus has already conquered when he conquered the grave and when he rose from the dead. We simply have to receive the living Christ into our lives and allow his resurrection power to dominate our thinking, to dominate our lifestyle and relationships. It doesn't make you religious. It just makes you into the person that God created you to be. So I want to pray for you right now on this beautiful, amazing day when we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. 
If you're at home with your family, with, with friends, whatever it may be, if you're by yourself, it's okay. I want to pray for you right now. And then we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the heartbeat of what today is all about. But first, let's just pray for every single one of us. Father, we thank you that you have made it possible by your love and by your grace that every single one of us would be able to live in the resurrection power that was made available, Jesus, through you. And I pray that every single one of us, no matter who we are, would not live in any realm of limitation, but God, we would stop allowing dead things to rule us. Disappointment, defeat, fear, wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And God, help us to respond to you today with faith and with strength and with courage. Right now today, on one of the most beautiful days of any year, if you're with us today and you have never made the decision to accept Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. And yeah, maybe this is different because you're at home and maybe you think something different needs to happen, but the Bible tells us that all you have to do is believe who Jesus is. Believe that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Another passage in Luke says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The whole purpose of Jesus coming to this earth, living the life that he lived, having to die the way that he died, and then conquering all that by resurrecting was so that you could have salvation and be in relationship with God. So I'm going to pray this prayer. And if that's you today, if you decided, I, it's time for me to give my life to Jesus. It's time for me to stop playing games. Or maybe you've prayed this prayer before or made this decision before, but you haven't lived that way and you know it's time to rededicate your life, then this moment is for you. So just take this moment and bow your heads, close your eyes, and just pray along with me. You can even repeat what I'm praying and just believe in your heart and something miraculous is about to happen right from where you're watching. Just repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you loved me. Thank you for going to the cross for me. I believe not just that you died, but that you rose again on the third day. I believe that you are God, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Make me brand new today. Fill me with your resurrection power. Help me to live to honor you. Today, I am a Christian. I am a Jesus follower. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.